Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself, how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-man, no rain. On the track when we unite and spit, this isn't A-game, better bring your A-game. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-man, no rain. Hey now, it's the Mike and JD Show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? I like the new intro with the Voices of Wrestling uh, bumper in there. I feel like we're officially part of the team after two months. Yeah, yeah. No, we're well, we're not we're not a part of the team quite yet, because you know what we haven't done yet? Is we do a commercial our for spot, our show. Yeah. yeah, we haven't done our spot yet for the rest of the shows. So and we're and we're actually like our numbers are pretty decent compared to the rest of the shows. Mm-hmm. So even without the spot, but I think they'll get better if we kind of plug our stuff on the other on the other shows, we're gonna have to do that soon. We gotta tell if, Rich. If we like try, yeah, it could be could be it could go well. Yeah. Um and dude, A game coming on got me pumped. I missed uh, last week, so thank you, uh, Scott E. Wrestling, for filling in for me. I was on a pretty important work trip, so I was unable to make it, but we still knocked out some content, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But I just also want to say that I got a chance to meet God Illa. Um, oh. while I was in while I was in Massachusetts, he came over um uh, to to where I was at. We uh, we hung out at a little pizza place outside my hotel and just got to shoot the shit for like an hour. So that was a real cool experience, man. So, um, and this goes out to the audience. If I'm like ever in your neck of the woods, let me know, man, we might actually fucking hang out. Cause especially when I'm on a work trip, like I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a 40 year old dad. I don't drink and party. So I, I like to meet other wrestling fans. So that was a, that was really cool, man, to get to be able to do that. Except in Chicago, you don't ever come to Chicago. No, no, no. If they ever send me to Chicago, I am definitely going to have to meet uh, Mr. JD, uh, Gerard, uh, Andre, who's a Patreon subscriber. Um, so, and anybody else that's in and around the Chicago area, definitely. I'd rather do that than go, like, you know, get shot up by, you know, in Cicero by Al Capone's people. Al Capone's people. Like, the, the, to be fair, a lot of Al Capone's people still might be living in the Cicero area and uh, are, are, in fact, acting in the forms of local government. But the yeah. Cicero area is not quite the uh, what it was in 1932. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but man, you know, I um, it's good to be back. I was pretty excited that we were able to do some content over the weekend. So if you guys missed my voice here, here's why I didn't do the show. A, I was on a work trip, so I couldn't take all my equipment with me. And plus I was dog ass tired going from Hawaii to Boston and I had like no sleep. It was a really tough trip for me. And um, so when it came to showtime at 1130 Eastern, I was already asleep. So I, a, I couldn't stay up late for it, but B because I didn't have my podcasting equipment, 
I just did not feel like it would be a good idea to do a kind of a half-assed audio show um, and video show for the Voices of Wrestling Network. I like to make sure our shit looks great and sounds great. So we, we brought in uh, we brought in a ringer with Scott, who has a great audience and is a great host. So we did that, but we still were able to uh, knock out some Patreon content for uh, for our Patreon network. So head over to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show, where not only did I do a brace for impact over the weekend, um, we also did on Monday, we did a live overtime for Patreon subscribers only. They got their own private YouTube link and they were able to interact with us. We kind of, we kind of just shot the shit man for like an hour, just talking Russell dream and whatever else. And just uh, chatting with the, the Patreon subscribers. You were in your hotel room. I was in my classroom. It yeah. was the least efficient setup we've ever had, but we did we did like a really good one hour Patreon show. I was really happy with yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, I was really happy with that one too, man. And um, I was just really excited to uh, to talk to the fellas that were in the Patreon DJ Convoy and uh, Brad and Jonathan Messenger and uh, and all all the cats out there. Uh, Lucha Doncic, I think, uh, popped in the chat for a little bit too. So that was uh, that was really cool, man. But uh, JD, so we uh, wrestled. We talked about Russell Dream on Monday on overtime, um, and just how much we liked the show. And then specifically, we really got into the the Edge debut, Adam Copeland Edge, uh, his debut at Russell Dream, and uh, his AEW Dynamite debut was this past Wednesday. And man, I, I thought that that closing segment and the closing angle between him and Christian, while I was kind of against them feuding and and being in a program immediately. It is kind of a no-brainer if you're thinking about it from a promoter's perspective because of the history between them two and the magic that they're able to make. Um, and I I, th- I thought they knocked it out of the park. I thought they hit a home run. I absolutely love this segment. Um, I was real tired when I came home and watched and watched the show last night. And I loved, 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 loved the debut. I thought it was fantastic. I, I did a whole big spiel about it on Overtime about how much I, I thought it was just well-produced and the whole thing just, it really worked for me as a wrestling fan. I'm going to tell you something. I absolutely, like, I know we've been all worried about Mr. Saxon Hardcastle and his uh, tendency to overindulge himself in the promo world. And um, we've been worried if he's going to sit on a, a stool in the ring with, with mood lighting and cut a promo. I think for this one here, he was a tad verbose, but I think for a mission statement promo where it's like, this is why I'm here. This is what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to, here's why I'm doing it. I thought it was really good. And I liked, I liked how he talked about why he did what he did. I liked that he was planned. The basic gist was he was going to debut anyway, right? He was going to come out at the end of the show, no matter what. And then he saw his best friend was about to hit their childhood hero. And he basically was just going to distract him. Right. And slow him down and try to try to talk some sense into him. Right. I love that. And what I said to you and a buddy of ours was that I love that he uh, that that Adam Copeland made sense, made more sense of the Judgment Day turn in WWE than WWE did, where he just told his friend that you got to be careful with these young guys because they'll chew you up and they'll spit you out. And we had a disagreement mm-hmm. with a friend of ours who, who was like, well, that doesn't make, that didn't make, he didn't think that made sense. And it wasn't in this kind of universe. And I, what I love about AEW is that AEW continuity is pro wrestling continuity, right? And they, they treat the fans. If you've watched wrestling, like we, we have Kenny and Kota Bushi, that's a DDT thing, right? Yeah. We have like lots of stuff that carries over and, and you know, we're now we're doing the edge and Christian thing. And it made sense for him to kind of say that because like, again, 
in this world, Christian, in this in this story, Christian Cage is manipulating people, but Edge is doing the same thing with Judgment Day. He put that group together. He got turned on, and now he's just, he's trying to tell his buddy, "Hey, this is that working for you now, but we're old, and when old people are when when the young people are done with us, they kick us to the curb." So I I like that. Maybe that's not. Maybe that's not full what the story has been, but it's Edge's pers- or it's Adam Copeland's perspective on what could happen. And I like when characters share their um, their feelings and talk about what they see about things because perspective is something that we don't talk enough about in pro wrestling. Like we always want our characters to like, well, this is either want truth or lies, right? Either they're lying to you or they're telling the truth to you. We rarely talk about perspective or as a uh, one Obi-Wan Kenobi put it in return of the Jedi, a certain point of view, right? Yeah. And it's all about point of view when we talk about things. Cause that's reality. You know, reality is I see something happening and my brain thinks this, I'm going to express that. And you can say, go, well, that's not the way the promotion told the story. Yeah. Okay. But in fiction, we let characters tell the story through their experiences. And that's, that promo segment to me was just perfect. Then Christian told him to go fuck himself, which I thought is just the greatest <laughs> final line of promo ever, quite frankly. Yeah. 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 I thought it was great. And I thought, you know, they, they did a good job. He has his mission statement out there. And then he talked about, he wanted to team with Christian because of, you know, like their history and everything. And that was kind of one of the reasons why he came there so they could end their careers together. Um, and they really set up, they're setting up a feud now, but a return to the tag team later. Like, I think like now we're not only looking forward to the feud, but we're already looking forward to the eventual when they both come to their senses and become a tag team because they already immediately started talking about the teams that they could uh, go up against, you know, you know, FTR, the young bucks. And I think he said the young club too. I can't remember if he said them or not, but um, he just listed off the, the, the really good tag teams and just how they could go on a run. It's like, yeah, that would be awesome, but we got to do this feud first. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we all know, Christian can play both baby face and heel very, very well. I ask, ask can edge. So, um, I, I, I think that, uh, we have a lot to look forward to with this. Um, now I get the complaints from a lot of the AEW fans and a lot of the AEW hardcores. This was a, aside from the cursing, <laughs> this was, you know, uh, like this could have been on, on raw. I think it was executed better than what you would normally see on raw. But I think that just because these are two attitude era guys, like in their mid to late forties kind of having this super long promo to, to end it. I could see why you connect the dots and say, well, that's WWE shit. I don't want that here. Um, and I understand that, but I got to say, I still really enjoyed it the, despite the fact that it was WWE shit on AEW. No, I agree with what you're saying because like, I'm a big example. People get, I think people get mad when they see anybody with WWE pedigree on AEW doing anything that makes them think slave WWE. And then I remember I read somewhere, someone's like, why can't it be better if Adam Coltman just ran out with no music, just beat people's ass. And I'm like, no, it wouldn't because a lot of people complain. I mean, I use it on my Twitter. I think you saw us Jay white, right? When Jay white made his debut, yeah. we got the ching, and then he ran out there and just beat up Ricky Starks. Right. And we all said, mm-hmm. Oh, that was a shitty flat debut because they didn't treat him like a star. Right. They just rolled him out there. We're all supposed to know who that it's Jay White. And then he just kind of is involved in something. They did absolutely nothing to build him up. Ed uh Adam Copeland's debut. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard not to call this guy Edge. Um Adam I Copeland's can, debut. Uh, can, J, JD, can we just be the show that continues to call him Edge and never I'm changes? Fine with that. I think I'm that's what I would like. I think that's because he's gonna be Edge again soon. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't think that he's really gonna end his career here. 
Um, I, I think that eventually we're going to be back to calling him Edge before too long. He says he's going to be there for the 12th anniversary of Dynamite. And I don't, I don't think professional, especially Adam Copeland is a liar, sir. He would never lie yeah. on the microphone. Anyway, <laughs> what I liked about what I liked about Edge's I'll call him Edge Edge's debut was that they treated him like a fucking star. We did yeah. get the, when I I went in this on on the on overtime, but we got the big entrance. They made him feel like a big deal, and you got the right reaction, and you set the tone from from jump that this guy is a major major star. It's taken months to rehab Jay White from a bad debut. So tell me, which is it going to be? I mean, like just because WWE does stuff doesn't mean it's all bad. Like we can take yeah. the good things they do and leave the bad things they do, right? Right. Yeah. Not that, and that's the, that's the the nuanced part of being a wrestling fan that I think people are having trouble coming to grips with. Because if it was ever in WWE, that doesn't mean that it was ever that it was always bad. Now, one thing that we're also having trouble coming to grips with a lot of people like wrestling fans because they're so tribalistic. Um, yeah. And you know, you know what I mean? So like when he was in WWE, he sucked. And so now just because like his latest run wasn't very good, that means that now you can't now accept him and say that he was good. Cause if you do, you're now you're being just an AEW Homer. It's like, well, no, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's some mm-hmm. players that go from one team to another and they just perform better in this team because they're in a different position. Right. So just because the guy was in WWE and you didn't really care for his latest run, if he comes to AEW, that doesn't mean that he's automatically bad. you got to give him a chance to be good. So far, I've seen him in two appearances, and I've liked both of them. If he comes out and he stinks to join up, I'm going to say that, right? But I'm not just being a homer because he's doing pretty good on AEW right now. Well, I think this is like a lot of of this doom and gloom is coming from Dave, right? Every time yeah. something comes over, Dave, Dave is like writing. I feel like Dave is warming up the AEW death now. Every time he talks about, it. you know, well, you know, they're gonna they're gonna make big plays for all their stars. And I'm part of well, me is like, okay, then they're gonna have all the stars, and then those people are gonna be unhappy because there's not enough TV time for all of them too. Like yeah. this is, and then you have a chance to elevate people that are still here because not everybody is gonna want to go over there. Like I just. I get so tired of like, well, it's WCW all over again, dude. Okay. If we are, if AEW is WCW and let's, let's say, let's start it from when Crockett buys the TB, the, the TBS spot in 1985, right? Right now we're in 1989. That's it. We're four mm-hmm. years in WCW had another 12 years and they, and their company was run like shit for the entire, the entirety of his existence. Like I, yeah. we have to stop drawing these parallels just because it's, it makes convenient talk. And I'm not accusing Dave Meltzer of that. Cause he's a smart guy, but I feel like he gets traumatized by the failure <laughs> of WCW. So he like, I, has I, like non flashbacks and stuff like that. Right. But, well, cause he's, he saw it coming years in advance before uh-huh. WCW even saw it coming. And one of the things that he did, and, and I think this is one of the parallels that he's drawing and edge is a part of that is that at a time when they were not focusing on WCW and WCW was not focusing on Steve Austin and Cactus Jack. And um, what, what was Triple H's terrorizing and, you know, yeah. Vinny Vegas and the diamond stud, right. They were spending big money on, you know, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, honky tonk, man, uh, Kurt Hennig, Rick rude. Like they were bringing, they, they dude, they brought over like, crush and just call them brian adams and he did nothing for the you know what i mean so like like that that's the parallels right and then now we're starting to see like hey more of these like guys in their 40s in wwe 
a lot of their contracts are coming up due and WWE is not offering them the money that they want. There's a rumor out there about Sheamus. I don't know. Like his contracts coming up are, is WWE going to be able to keep Sheamus and is Tony Khan going to be able to not sign him? Right. Cause how much value does a Sheamus bring to your team? But you know, the, the aura or the thought of bringing a guy that was once a big name in WWE, bringing him to your company, like is, you know, that's what they're kind of looking at. And that's what WCW did in the mid nineties. I think Tony Khan is doing a better job of it and he's been far more effective at it. And the guys that he's brought over to his company with a couple of exceptions, right. Actually really want to be there and make that company better. Um, then there's, then there's like the little shitheads that came over. They started missing their girlfriends and their fiancés and they found out Triple H was in charge and they immediately started disrupting shit and wanting to go back. So you have those handful, but then you got Adam Cole, you got Brian Danielson, you got, you know, Edge seems to be like on board, like a team player. And I think there's more of those guys than there are. I'm just going to say it Andrade's and Malachi Blacks, you know, they just kind of like came over and just wanted to leave immediately. So let yeah, that's true. Those guys are bad examples of like people you want to sign. So let's look at this. Like, I, I, the, the historical comparison is bad because WCW, when they had all those guys, didn't really know what to do with them. But it wasn't like they weren't pushing guys. Who are the top guys? Like, before Hogan comes over, their top guys are Sting and Vader, right? Those are WCW guys. And, and Sid. Flair, yeah. And Flair, yeah. like those are yeah. those are their guys. And the problem is they weren't drawing with their guys. They weren't drawing with anyone. Here's the dirty secret about people. Well, WCW couldn't draw in 1993. I want you to go back and look at where WWE was running Raws in 1993. They're running mm. them in high school gyms. High schools, yeah. Yeah. Like nothing in professional wrestling was drawing in the early 90s. So are there bad examples? Like those guys, and like you said, some of those guys aged out of WWF and Vince cut them loose before their value was done. Hogan needed yeah. a fresh start. Hogan needed to get out. Savage is a different story. They proved there was a lot more life in Savage and Flair. Right? Yeah. Now, at the same time, is do we get Steve Austin? Do we get Mick Foley as we know him? Do we get those guys if they stay with WCW? I don't think we do because the infrastructure yeah. there was not built to bring guys up. Right? Yeah. And those guys had to, those guys had to taste some failure to achieve something. At the same time, Right. Look how much better Kevin Nash and Scott Hall got when they came to WCW. They became much bigger stars in WCW. They were Kevin Nash was a failure as the world champion. And Scott Hall was pretending it was Scott Hall was pretending to be Al Pacino, pretending to be a Cuban guy. Yeah, but Razor Ramon was great. And he was he was really a mid card Razor Ramon. He was, he, a, he was a he was he was, he was an, an upper level mid carter. He was like he was an upper intercontinental title in the 1994 could main event B shows. But he was like he was like oh, nobody fucking drew in that company. But that's the thing, nobody. But no, right? he wasn't even put in a position to draw in WCW. Yeah. They become draws as the outsiders. of course, yeah. No, they, they absolutely the were, they absolutely were bigger when they went back to WCW. Um, when they left WWF and went back to WCW, absolutely. But I don't want to. I like I don't want to disparage Razor Ramon. I fucking used the Razor's Edge of my brother hey, for Mar years. You know what I mean? Marvelous me, man. What show is this? Like, <laughs> oh, we yeah, love TNA. Our, yeah. yeah, come on, yeah. that's what we do. Like, we love Scott <laughs> yeah. Hall. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. He, that guy's that guy's those guys. Everyone talks about Austin and everyone talks about Foley. How they didn't find success in WCW. Hall and Nash found much bigger success in WCW than they had in WWE. Right. Well, but they, they, they got that be part partially because they came over as WWE guys, right. Using their WWE characters in 
back in WCW. Now the di- I understand the Diamond Stud started off, but he became more famous when he's in WWF, mm-hmm. and then he became even more famous because of the way that they treated him, the way that they pushed him in the NWO that set the fucking world on fire. Um, Mike, it, Mike, it almost sounds like you're telling me that mo- that moving between companies is better for talent and better oh, for rest and better for yes. the industry. Like, yeah, but I think that. what you're yeah, you absolutely need that. But I think what you're ignoring is the parallel the day is trying to make. AEW is signing these overpriced WWE guys, right? Like, like, and this is, I'm just trying to explain his side. While WWE seems to be focused on the younger stars that, that AEW I, have, really? Jay Cargill, and now, and now there, there's going to be some other stars that are coming to you towards the end of the year. And now, of course, they wanted the young books, Kenny Omega. They couldn't get them, right? They, they brought over Cody, at, you know, whatever, but. Now, now I think what young guy Cody, to see, thirty-eight year yeah, old yeah. Cody Rhodes. I, that's why I said whatever. But <laughs> I said now they're they're going to start going after the more up and coming talents that AEW has. Well, AEW is going to be transfixed on guys like Edge and Sheamus and maybe Drew McIntyre. You know those types. So there's the game. Okay, that's the and like this the assumption that they're who is the world champion in, in AEW, despite how the show's been playing out. Who's AEW's right. world champion? It's MJF. Their worst drawing world champion, MJF. He is a worst strong world champion, but yeah. he's also an under 30 world champion. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you might draw, just, you might draw on there when he's 35. We'll see. You might like Ray <laughs> Phoenix is their international champion. Who's actually, that's actually become a title. That means something in that company. Christian Cage has got the TNT title. Something interesting, which is just, that's fairly new. That's been okay, like two but weeks. You, you mentioned Ray Phoenix. Why is Ray Phoenix the champion right now? Because John Moxley got knocked unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not supposed to be the champion. That was an accident. He's not supposed so, to be the champion. John, John but, Moxley was supposed to be the champion. <laughs> now, John Moxley now, I'm is, not, I'm not saying that Tony's not pushing his guys. He is, he's pushing it. Holy shit. Hold on. I forgot all about the comment section. We haven't had any. Hey, Scotty, welcome. Welcome in buddy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Respect <laughs> Christian cage. Now yeah. here's, here's the deal though is the the idea of WCW is that you come in and you push the old guys and you don't you ignore the mid carders who go to WWF and don't get pushed, right? Because that's pretty much what happened, right? Of the radicals, none of those guys got pushed for five years, right? Right? It took five years for those guys to become main eventers. So it wasn't like they. I mean, I know we like to rewrite history and say those guys jumped to WCW or jumped from WCW and they became an instant force. They jumped to WWF and got jobbed out their first night in the company and were forced to eat <laughs> a lot did. of shit. They were forced yeah, to eat a lot yeah. of shit. So I mean, like, well, and like this is the and, idea. The idea that everyone from AEW they're going to take all of AEW's main event guys and bring them over. Well, what the fuck's going to happen in WWE when you get all these other guys that are already main eventers, right? Yeah. That creates. I mean, that's that. I mean, I know that's what Dave is worried about. I get, I get that, but that's not a recipe for success in the WWE side either. They're just going to sign all Tony's younger guys. Well, then what are they going to have with their younger guys too? Right yeah. now you got a bunch of guys who can't get pushed over there. Like there's a, I, I, that side gets ignored in this whole thing. And I just think that's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, WCW signing the, you know, Hogan's and, and all those guys in 1994, and then lo- not, and then kind of not focusing on Steve Austin and Cactus Jack. That was a mistake. Really, no it was a mistake by WCW, but it really, really fucking worked for Steve Austin and Cactus Jack. You know what I mean? Like I, like that was awesome. And then you know tri- Triple H ended up coming over, I think, at the end of '94. But he was not really a guy that was there for very long. No, he was, a ta- he, he was a tag team. He was Jean- guy. Jean-Pierre Jean-Paul Lafitte. Jean- no, Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Jean-Pierre Lafitte was PCO. Jean-Paul oh. Levesque was Paul Levesque. Jean, okay, <laughs> I got mixed up. I got. Yeah, I have a impact. Sick. I have. Yeah, I have impact. Um, impact, impact on brain. my brain. Impact yeah, brain. I have, it, 
But look at okay, look at this. Okay, we talk about how WCW sent all these shit guys in '94. What happened in '95? Who did WCW bring in in 1995? Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. Yeah. Like that's when this this is when WCW started because WCW is the one who found all these great guys. A lot of them were from ECW. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of them also came from Japan and Mexico, where dudes were paying their way. Chris Jericho, those guys all came in through WCW. So yep. the problem again, the problem was they didn't push them. Not in '95, they didn't push them in '97 and '98 when they should have. That yeah. was that was the mistake. But they did push a guy like Diamond Dallas Page and Bill Goldberg, guys who they built up. So it wasn't like they weren't pushing anybody other than those old WWE guys. They just weren't pushing the internet favorites, most yeah. of whom remained mid Carters until the mid 2000s. Yeah, speaking like the the radicals are so funny um, because you were saying they didn't get pushed until five years in. By they, you mean Chris Benoit, and Eddie Guerrero. The other yeah, guys, Dean Malenko, Eric Sander never got pushed at all. Dean <laughs> no, Malenko no. was retired like a year in. Yeah, I, I think I think Benoit got pushed pretty early on as kind of an intercontinental champion level yeah. and was doing that stuff. That's and then he became a... world champion in like '04. But even then, like that was more like a consolation prize world championship. But Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero got fired, and then had to go work indies for a while, and then mm-hmm. got brought back, brought back, and then got, eventually got pushed. After he, you know, swelled himself took, up to about 245 pounds. It took it took Eddie eating some shit and taking a lot of steroids to yeah. get pushed. Like, and then that's the thing is Chris Benoit, it's a lateral move uh, as far <laughs> as the card goes from WCW. Yeah. Now, Grant, the guy was probably a lot happier, right? He was miserable in WCW. That's fine. But the narrative is the rat that the radicals jumped and became like superstars overnight. It was it no. was literal, it was literal lateral moves for all those guys for it, years, including including Chris Jericho. He debuts up against the rock that first night. And then he's and then pushed way they, down. Yeah. They pushed him way down the card and he was just kind of yo-yoing mm-hmm. it, his entire WWE career that it was like that. Like it didn't get into like two, you know, he had that little world title reign in like, Oh, uh, Oh one. Oh two. Yeah. And then, but then he didn't really get a really another good reign two. until like, until oh, eight. Oh, eight. And that was, that was the really good run where he was like the, you know, the methodical crazy world champion. And he was feuding with Shawn Michaels. One of my favorite feuds. I, I love that. Oh, it was a great feud. It's one of the best things. That, yeah. It's like probably the best thing they did in that era, but he retired. He retired yeah. in 05 and came back. So that entire run, the entire original Y2J run. He, yes, he is the guy that unifies the, 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 the world title, which is a cool little side note. What was that? Oh, oh, two, oh, one, oh, one. Oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. But was he ever treated, but like he wasn't treated like the world champion. When he was there, no. he was just a dude hanging on to it. So Paul uh, Jean Pierre Lebec can have a guy to beat <laughs> when he gets back, right? Yeah, they didn't really treat Jericho great. So it's like the this myth that the W that that all these WCW mid carders went and found success and became phenomenal in WWE is is myth. It's a myth. It's yeah. It's really Paris. it was it was really it was um well it was Kevin Nash. Um, probably when like 93, he comes over. Right. And you got Steve Austin and then, and you got cactus Jack. And then those guys, you know, became like mega, you know, big time stars over there. But other than that, it was, you know, more lateral moves than anything from, from most of those guys. Now Jericho did end up becoming a really big time main eventer, like I said, in 2008. And then he became like kind of a, because you're, when you're around for so long and you're that upper mid card, occasional main eventer, they treat you kind of like a legend in that company. And then he carried that over every to new Japan and then to AEW and kind of still carries that over. He's, he's very much not a main eventer in AEW anymore, but he's still kind of 
is treated as such you know what i mean he, he's achieved that like they call him he's like a le- like a legitimate legend like people know who chris yeah. jericho is so like he's still a draw he still gets attention so i mean like and he's been oh he's been absolutely worth every dime aew paid for him so i mean if you have the yeah. right signees and quite frankly aew got an influx of cash because they're not having to pay a certain contract so <laughs> well yeah i mean but i yeah i I don't. I don't think Edge came over cheap, by the way. No, I think it's a trade. <laughs> trade. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it might might be a little bit of a. They balance each other out. I'm sure. We got some. Um, we got some comments, man. We got some comments. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, they were holding back the future. Oh, John Muse. John Muse. Yeah, he would know. Talk. He would know. He would. Um, know. And then from name cannot be blank. Similar to the narrative that Stone Cold became a major star immediately. I, I don't know that anybody ever said immediately because his story about WWE says that about, immediately. They, WWE they talk become, about King of the Ring. He yeah. came in in 95, but he they, they tell the story pretty well of him coming in 95 as the ringmaster and saying that it sucked and then he overcame that. And that's a big part of his story. I don't know that anybody ever says immediately. No, I don't think they you say- Google... I don't think no. if you could put in your Google machine that WWE said Stone Cold immediately became a star once they were signed. They've never said that. No, no, Blank, but Blank's said. not talking about that. Blank specifically mentions the King of the Ring. The narrative in yeah. WWE was he cut the Austin 316 promo. Oh, shit. And then he's off to the said. races. Yeah. yeah. Right? No, no, what, no, happened no. Is, okay. what happened is he won the King of the Ring. And then in the next pay per view, SummerSlam, his ass is on the pre show. That's how hot against Yokozuna. Against Yokozuna. <laughs> So they yeah. clearly had eyes. Oh, we know this is the guy. No. We're going to build him. Full of shit, man. Yeah. No, you know what? Really? So King of the Ring was helpful, right? 96 King of the Ring. That, w- that was helpful. What really springboarded Stone Cold Steve Austin was Bret Hart when he came yep. back saying, I want to work with that fucking guy mm-hmm. because they had been working together over the, you know, previously and, and he handpicked him as the opponent. That's what made Stone Cold. That's what Correct. made Stone Cold into the Stone Cold that we ended up seeing later. That's what made him into a mega star. But and King King of the Ring was was helpful. It was helpful. It was a char- It's a character beat. It's a, it's a mo- yeah. it's a it's a it's a stop on the journey. The guy who I would compare the most to Steve Austin as far as a journey right now. And I'm not saying this guy is here, but we have a guy. Steve Austin was fired and had to discover himself again. Uh, when are we going to start talking about how WWE missed the boat on Swerve Strickland? I, I think you and I talk about it every fucking week. Every chance we get, but, but we're the only guys who ever do. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. they fired that guy. They not, yeah. not only did they fire that guy, Vince, the genius that Vince is, was going to put him in the tag team with the Shanti, the Adonis, and make Top Dalla the featured player for Hit Row. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. he got, he didn't want, his Swerve didn't want to go back. He's happy. And they've been building that guy slowly into a dude that much like a Steve Austin has taken time to reinvent himself. And we're still in the middle of that reinvention. Right. But it's starting to come together. That match it's, last week with Hangman was something. And now this week on Super Tuesday that or title yeah. Tuesday, whatever the hell they're calling it. Tittle, tittle Tuesday. Titty Tuesday. Yeah. He's uh he's very likely to have the match of his life against Brian Danielson. Most people do. Let's, Let's let's get into that a little bit. Should Swerve should win that, right? But isn't that for what title is that for a TNT for title TNT shot? TNT title shot. So are they going to do Swerve and Christian? Like I like I don't understand. I'm, okay, like, I, I was thinking about this, and uh, yeah. John Muse is in the chat, so I'm wrong here. He, I'm sure he'll point it out to me, um, because because he lo- I love when he does that. Um, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with this. The fact that it's before the TNT title is intriguing. So let's be real. Does Copeland and Christian need the TNT belt to be a thing? No, absolutely not. No. So 
could Copeland cost Christian the TNT belt and put it on Swerve? Because Brian Daniels doesn't really need it. Am I just reading into too much that that Swerve's the heel and so is Christian, and they're my two favorite heels on the show, and that I just don't want to see them wrestle? It makes no sense to me. Doesn't make sense to me either. But I mean, at the same time, like I don't want him to lose to Danielson, right? Because he's on the come up. And again, Danielson beats everybody, and Swerve loses to big matches. Swerve over Hangman's his first big win. Yeah. Right, I feel like I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to stunt Swerve's growth, but I don't think right. Brian Danielson needs the TNT belt either. Like it's is um, no, it's a whole. It's, it's, it's a very interesting. It, I don't know where they're going yeah. with it. Yeah, I I don't know where they're going with it, and I I think that Swerve would make a fine TNT champion, um, especially I, if you're not ready that, to pull the trigger on him as a world champ yet. Right, because I'm pretty sure they've already handpicked their next world champion. Like they already have that plan set in stone. I don't is. think it's going to be Jay White. I don't Me think neither. it'll be Jay White, but um, they, I, they probably very likely already have that person picked out. And I don't think it's going to be Swerve, but I think by sometime next year that they should pick him. I think that we're in. I think that we're because again, I don't think you need to thrust the guy to the world title right away because oftentimes that backfires, yeah. right? Look at Roman's first like five world title reigns. <laughs> like, yeah. I think you need to, I think easing a guy into the role is probably a good move. And I think we just started really getting swerve moving up. I don't think he should jump right to world champion. I don't think Jay White should either, though. Like, I don't, I would love to see Jay White as a champion. I don't know if he's ready yet. And the problem, here's the real problem is that MJF's title reign has taken such a shit. It's so unimportant right now. Like, the mm-hmm. title is so unimportant to what he's doing that. I don't know what's going on. Like, I love the show, but I just, again, we're more agnostic on it than, than most of our network, but I find myself remarkably uninterested in what's going on with Adam, with uh, Adam Cole. and And The Adam Cole thing uh, with Roderick strong completely jumped the shark for me this week, whenever they first aired it and the audio is bad. So like, you know what? We're going to air all three minutes of this fucking thing again. With the audio deaf. correct, <laughs> I was just like, "What are we doing?" Like, and then did you hear? Did you listen to Dave's show this morning where he said that TBS fucked up the D, like the when it was recorded, so the yeah. vast majority of DVRs across the country didn't record Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm sure the DVR numbers were down, and uh, that's why the numbers. The, uh, well, well, the, I actually learned this too. Did you know that the that it's something like like something like thirty percent of those of those overnights are from DVRs. Oh, for probably people watching it on delay, watching, like on delay, from, from like mm-hmm. you know, because some people do like to watch the West Coast feed. So yeah, um, so that fucked up their numbers big time this week. Yeah, yeah, they they were they were way down, but I I think you could probably throw that out because there was a lot of issues going on over at yeah. uh, TBS. I made the joke that Jimmy Jacobs brought Access TV with him because like, <laughs> dude, Access TV like had had these issues several times while we were. You know, do, doing our podcast where they would uh the show the audio would just be off one week and then the DVR just didn't record it like they did or the TV guide never had it listed for a couple mm-hmm. weeks so Impact that. had to go like go off and actually try to get people like get the narrative out there like hey our show is still on right because the TV guide was way off yeah you know, I can accept that from Access but I, I'd like to think the people the TBS the Turner Broadcasting Station the first superstation the first cable yeah. station. <laughs> know what they're doing but i'm wrong because warner media ruins everything it touches and has for decades yes yes absolutely hey um i, I got a note here yes. um 
so with our with our thing, we should actually take a look at our notes, JD. Uh, I did put notes. some topics on. I took. I know I put some topics on there. So uh, Dave mentioned earlier this week that more stars, um, their contracts are coming due by the end of the year. I can't remember if it was on Wrestling Observer Radio or if it was in the uh, the the newsletter, but he did state that more stars contracts could coming up due at the end of the year. Um, you know, let's fantasy book this thing. Who are we thinking um, stars that could come up at the end of the year and then actually would want out? And go to WWE. Well, it's not Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. They resigned recently. Uh, By the way, those no, two AEW, guys are, I'm talking AEW, AEW stars going to WWE guys. WWE, yeah. By the way, those two yeah. guys are going to be thrilled if the rumor we heard today is real. Thrilled. Um, oh, wait, did I miss something? Because I am not hearing. There, yo, you told me this one because I'm not in the I'm not in the spot anymore. Somebody oh. moving to the other side who doesn't like yeah. the tag team champions who don't like oh, him yes. either. Yeah, more on. Yeah, I more think on we're that later. Talk about that on overtime, probably. More yeah, on we'll overtime. That. Yeah. More on that overtime. <laughs> uh, so who's coming up? Um, I imagine maybe Starks. Starks, I think Starks is a Cody guy. I could see him absolutely heading over to WWE. Um, he's a little on the small side for them, but that stuff isn't as important get... as it used to be. I can see him not getting pushed there. Yeah, he's a great promo and he's a pretty good match guy, but. I, I like Ricky Starks a lot, but I think he is vastly overrated by people. Yeah. So the thing with WWE, they are, it seems like they're going over the top and pushing AEW folks. It does. Like the way they did with Cody Rhodes because they're trying that, to send a signal how, to AEW's talent. How, how's that going to work with your, ter- with your current talent six months to a year down the line with the guys who stayed loyal to you, with the guys who came up in your system who are ready for a push? I'm sure that's going to go over uh, well in the locker room. Seems like it's working just fine right now with Cody. And it was they've, over. Uh, they've, Cody Rhodes they, is different. Cody Rhodes yeah. is a different story. And Cody they're, Rhodes is welcoming Ricky Starks. I know. Yeah, Ricky. Yeah, if Ricky Starks gets pushed over, you know, Otis, we might have a fucking issue. I don't know, but uh, dude, I'm not um, talking Jade, Otis. Jade, 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 Jade Cargill. It seems like that's going to work out pretty well. Jade's a different story because she's just like custom made for them. Her signing with AEW in the first place was a weird move, but at the same yeah. time, let's be honest, she's a very mediocre worker, yep. right? How well is she a fit in the performance center? Probably not. I don't know. She probably is middle of the pack, right? She's in her early thirties, like going, the, she becomes a star through AEW and is able to leverage that into a better WWE deal. than she probably would have gotten if she decided definitely than what she would have gotten if she was signed in the first place. Cause if she'd have been in WWE to jump, she'd just be coming out of NXT right now or still in yeah. NXT. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But if we're talking about all kinds of uh, major, okay, so who could they be? Who are the who are these big time AEW guys? Starks, uh, Starks. Um, name that comes to mind: uh, Daniel Garcia, maybe. Um, maybe That's not a major WWE jump. guy. I mean, no, no, he's not a major guy, but he's a guy, you know. But not a not a major guy. But he's uh, he's been in some stories and some big matches there. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous 
brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's gonna be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably gonna get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network what's going on guys this is rich from the flagship podcast here on the voice of wrestling podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three in one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second, fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking again 0.3 seconds it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the ai self-learning chip embedded the more you use it the more accurate it will be also no battery anxiety you have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2k clear sight see who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They're on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty all backed 
by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second. Door is unlocked. Much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with Eufy Video Lock, search Eufy Video Lock. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Again, that's Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. If... If Ricky Starks is a Cody Rhodes guy, Garcia is a Jericho guy. So if we yeah. assume that people just follow their mentors and, and that line of thinking, like they re-signed Moxie, they re-signed the elite guys. Um, I imagine Swerve has at least another year on his contract. Mm-hmm. Right. I, um, I, Andrade is probably coming up eventually, right? Andrade, but he had some injury time on his deal. But I don't think he's re-signed. Maybe he's uh maybe he's one of those guys. I don't know sure. if you're WWE, do you even take Andrade back to make Charlotte happy? That guy's not Are they happy still anymore. together. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I assume <laughs> so. Yeah. They're married or yeah. something. I just I, I assume they were still together. Um, I don't. That guy's not happy anywhere he goes. No. Like he was miserable in WWE. He was miserable in CMLL. He was miserable in AEW. Like at some point, you have to look around and say, maybe it's me. He was telling New Japan to fuck off, saying he was going to go to Noah too. <laughs> That's true. That did happen. I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, Malachi Black. Like he don't want. To, I think maybe yeah. he made. Or did he this, have a big? This, I don't. I forget. This is an interesting name. Dobby the Brain Heenan, Patreon subscriber, uh, says, uh, "What about Wardlow? I think Wardlow is like if you were to like um, pick the perfect person from AEW to go to WWE. Jade Cargill and Wardlow are the top two names that come to mind. Uh, that would probably work over there." He is, but you know, they started pushing Damian Priest at like 38, and LA Knight is fucking 40, and they just started pushing him. So I, I think that their their standards have changed on age a little bit. And he doesn't look like he's 40 and he still moves no. the, or 35 and he still moves really well. No, so I could see them still wanting to push him. Okay, but LA Knight's a really good promo. And Damian Priest is a good worker. And I think he's yeah, I don't think it's crazy to say he's much better than Wardlow. Like maybe they do want to yeah. push Wardlow, you know? Yeah. Um I don't know. I mean, like, honest to God, if you lose Wardlow, okay. I, I honestly, like, when he came, we talked about him a couple weeks ago. I just kept forgetting he was in the company. We just hadn't right. seen him in a long time. I think and, he's uh, one dimensional. I, I, I think he's very one dimensional. They tried to give I, him some actual character and personality this summer. It didn't work. You know, no. the whole thing, the, the hair thing was dumb. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, like, he's, he's very one note. I, I I had this conspiracy theory that he was just out off TV because he wanted to grow his ponytail back. But he, <laughs> he came back with no ponytail. Yeah. But his hair is longer. He has not cut <laughs> it since then. <laughs> yeah. I think this might be, I mean, like, who, are we, any main eventers? I mean, I don't think Swerve is leaving. You know, I don't think maybe Keith Lee. I don't. Nobody I, seems. I don't. I don't. Th- I don't think. Uh, honestly, I think that AEW is kind of keeping him around to be nice, you know, because they want to fulfill the contract. Yeah. But I don't think that he's bringing anything to, to AEW, and I don't think he would bring anything to WWE at this point. Um, I know there was so, there was talk of Hook, 
you know? Yeah. Oh maybe yeah, that Hook. is that. That name was being thrown around a while back. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, maybe Hook fits in better in NXT. You know, yeah. he's a he's a person that that suffers from uh, being in the big time too soon. He is yeah. a guy who need who needed more time in the time sometime in the indies to be developed. Right, like they're gonna like NXT is gonna push Brian Pillman just to show that they can, and I, I don't think it's gonna work personally. I just I, I, I think too long in too many places. <laughs> yeah, we saw him in MLW, then we saw him in AEW. I just don't know that that I, I think that we're probably gonna see more of the same. Um, and he's like in his thirties now too, right? So mm-hmm. like he's 31. not exactly a yeah. Uh, IO Productions, um, the new bidding wars of twenty twenty four. MJF, I get the feeling MJF is signed long term. Like I know that they kept putting that rumor out there that he wasn't, but I feel like he is. I think I was talking with Muse about this way back in Double or Nothing 2022. This whole thing with him, the walkout, that's all been it's all work, right? Yeah. I don't think you go in this deep with him without having him signed, right? Unless Tony is that trusting and that, you know, foolish, quite frankly. You know, but yeah. at the same time, if he is come up, I mean, he's a young guy that had your world title, but he's kind of been your lowest strong champion, both in terms of television ratings and in terms of ticket sales. Like, yeah, this, I mean, granted, I don't think the booking has been great, but he controls a lot of his own booking and it hasn't he's, been great. He's very hands on with what he's doing. And uh, mm-hmm. what he's doing is seems like he's auditioning for WWE Raw to me. Um, so, hey, uh, Adam Cole's injury. So it looks like he's going to have to have surgery or is. Like, is this a work? I think, no, it's, I, think I think it's legit. I think it's, I think legit. it's legit. I questioned yeah. it at first. I, I questioned it at first. And um, here we are. You know, yeah. uh, it sounds like his ankle basically exploded. I know Brian, Brian Alvarez couldn't wrap his head around the idea that he hadn't had surgery yet. When I'm like, dude, have you ever had surgery? It takes a long time for stuff to, for the swelling to go down in certain injuries. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't yeah. get, it's like. Only if something is like life threatening or really, really bad, you get surgery like immediately. If you need a shoulder surgery, you could be waiting months for something yeah, like that. For both of my shoulder surgeries, I waited like three, four months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's um, and then with common. Brock Purdy Brock Purdy's elbow, um, he had the, the UCL tear, the Tommy John surgery, and he had to wait. He had their injury in January. He didn't get the surgery till March. So I think that's like a pretty, pretty typical thing. Um so yeah, yeah. Oh, John Muir says Wardlow's world doomed him. That is a pretty dumb, uh, dumb catchphrase. That's it super was. cheese ball. It was Roman Reigns recovered from suffering succotash. It just it's a matter of how much you want to commit to someone and like keep trying to rebuild them. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad though. Pretty pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Um, so we got AEW versus NXT. We got Title Tuesday coming up. Uh, NXT. They're throwing everybody out. I think they're they're bringing over a Cody Rhodes. He's going to be on the show, and uh, Paul Heyman is going to be on the show. And John Cena. John Cena is going to be on the show, and um, is Becky on that one? I think Becky's there. Yeah, too. Becky's on Becky's that one. Becky's there. been like a regular in NXT. Yeah, um, yeah. Her match with Tiffany Stratton was pretty good this weekend. At no I will mercy, say this. But I will say this. AEW is cold, yeah. and NXT is actually they've actually for the first time they really like tried to beat AEW. If they can't yeah. beat AEW with all this problem, there's if they can't, there's a problem. And it might, <laughs> it, I mean, like everyone's kind of like said, Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, they clearly have doubts, right? Yeah, well, they're, well they, they don't want to leave it up to chance, right? No, <laughs> they're trying. AEW is loading up their show. They're having oh, edges debut well match, right? Should they against Lucha suck ass? And then they got uh Brian Danielson versus, um, 
Oh god, we just talked about who Swerve. Swerve, yeah. Brian, sorry, I lost my brain for a second. Brian Danielson versus Swerve. Uh, he's they're gonna do that match. So they're they're loading up their show as well, and I think they'll probably have some title matches and some other big matches. But um, AEW versus NXT. I am here's my official prediction. Ratings are stupid. I don't know why we still talk about them, but it's really the only numbers that we get our hands on. Um, and then it's, it's, they're given out by independent third party. So it's not like if, if it was just the company, then they'd have 10 million viewers a week. If you just get the number straight from the company, but you're getting it from an independent third party. So it's the only thing that we got. So I'm, I'm guessing that NXT will win in total viewership and uh, AEW will win the demo and both companies Ooh. fans will say that they won. So, so late 2019 is back. Yes. Again. Yes. Yes. I, I feel like that's where it's going to go. I think a lot of young people who are very good at monitoring when AEW is going to be on are going to know that it's on Tuesday and the old people who are habitual watchers are not going to remember that it's on, uh, that it's on Tuesday and they're just not going to watch. But then the NXT people that watch every week on Tuesday, like they're still going to get their 850, 900,000 and, you know, probably like 750, 725 for AEW, but they'll still have a higher demo rating. That's what I'm thinking. So it's funny because the dorks from Fightful, one of my least favorite websites, said today they posted because NXT has beaten AEW in the demo. They're comparing or uh, in the ratings. They're comparing day to day. And NXT had more total viewers, but AEW had like beaten by like 0.6 in the demo. And I'm like, we're doing yeah. like you, it's been it's been five years and you guys still don't know how this works. Yeah. Like, and, and honestly, that demo rating, like 18 to 49, I think a lot of the, the networks are moving off of that rating anyway. I think the 25 to 54 is starting to become more more prevalent. And in, in the the yeah. yeah, and that's the that's the news demo. Right. And that's mm -hmm. been kind of a, a bigger money demo. Uh, lately anyway because streaming 18 to 18 to 49 people are now streaming their shit so the like they they will watch on on the internet versus watching on television so you're like and they're you, more likely to skip commercials do you watch on the internet do you stream that yeah yeah me too yep, absolutely yep 100 percent. and i mm -hmm. have for a long time so me too almost uh, a decade yeah yeah, um, we, we got a couple more comments and then I want to get to our very special guest and then we'll just have her join us. Oh. For, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have her join us uh, the rest of the show. But uh, John Muse says uh, WWE will add to Tuesday. I don't think they're done. John, I think I you're agree right with you. I think they'll set something up uh, this this Friday and set something up on Monday and have some big announcements coming up. Io, Patreon subscriber, says the Nimrods of the IWC have ruined the fun of Tuesday. That's what they do. Stop listening to those people. They're dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, all right. So we got a very special guest. Um, she is from Fight Game Media. She is the co-host uh, with Mel Gray of the Detroit Lions, uh, the Power Bombshells uh, podcast. Uh, one, one of our favorite podcasts. These are our sisters in arms. Um, she, um, uh, Hold on, JD. Let, Sam, do you got your stopwatch ready? This is a female on the show. Hold on, let me make sure. Let me, let me get, get your get stopwatch my... ready to, so you can record how long we're having a female on the show. Do you really to get in want trouble me with to? You. I'll do it. I'll I do know it. you fucking will. A, fucking you A, better, better fucking do it. Better. <laughs> you know what's funny? Before I came on here, Kojima liked where I timed their match from Russell Dream. <laughs> Because <laughs> there were women in it, so I timed it, yeah. and I just saw it come across the phone. Satoshi Kojima liked your tweet, and it was that tweet. Yeah, not the yeah. one of him tonight on ROH, but the one yeah. where I timed his match. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> I wonder if you had any idea what the hell that meant. Well, that's probably what 
but yeah, he's probably well, like, I don't know why does why does it say hashtag oh, women's there's, wrestling? There's my name. Yeah. I'll click like. He yeah. he had a really like a really this was like because you know Kojima's an older guy now, and he's kind of getting into that like cute old man phase, even though he can still knock the shit out of you. Where he he said uh, he was very happy to team with the ladies that he teamed up with in his match, um, but he was too uh, or he was too shy to ask them huh. for a picture. And I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. It was cute, like, and then he put like the little sweat droplet emojis, and I was like, I don't yeah. know if he means it in the way that most people no. would interpret that. I was like, I, he's yep. he's an old guy; he probably doesn't know what that means. He's a fifty-year-old Japanese man. I mean, like the fact yeah. that right. he's doing any of this stuff is astounding, quite frankly. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's great. but uh, Sam, we're we're excited to have you. Before we get started, why don't you go ahead and plug the power bombshells? Tell us where we can find it and uh, what you guys uh, talked about this past week. Uh, so you can find the Power Bombshells on the Fight Game Media YouTube channel. We are live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, this past Sunday, we did our uh, pre-pre-show, which is when we're on. Since we're on at 1 o'clock, we're on much earlier than the usual pre-shows for pay-per-views. <laughs> so we just stick to our 1 o'clock slot and made it our pre-pre-show. So we talked about that. And then, of course, we talked about uh, Jade Cargill signing, officially signing with WWE and how they are treating her like the uh, number one draft pick. Uh, and it's a whole bunch of pomp and circumstance, uh, mm -hmm. mostly a middle, middle finger to Tony, uh, I think is what, I mean, good for Jade. She gets to, <laughs> she reaps all the benefits of it, but I yeah. am concerned of how they're, she's going to be treated in six months to a year because, you know, we've seen the way they treated Mercedes and Trinity and other women. And even they pretended like they cared about the women to get Ronda Rousey. And then she came and then they're like, we don't care anymore. So, <laughs> You know, I think I think with Jade, they are going to push her to the moon for as long as they possibly can because they want to send a signal over to other AEW free agents that if you're willing to leave them and come over here, we will make you some money and we'll make we'll treat you better than they treated you over there. I right. think I mean, like they're very intentional with what they're doing. Yeah, our question was if you're somebody in AEW and you're watching this, do you come do you look at this and think you're going to get beat be treated like Jade or treated like Brian Pillman. <laughs> Brian Pillman's going to be treated. <laughs> he is good, now. He is, but he'd been I, there at the Performance Center for a month. There was no big thing about him until like last week. They finally sent out the press release through USA Network, and yeah. they've done the little vignettes. Hey, he was there for weeks, and nobody knew, and Sam, nobody cared. Sam, I don't want to be the one to tell you this, but he's fucking lucky to be there. Oh no, uh, I'm I, I'm <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. I'm just so that's why my right. point. If you're an AEW talent looking at that, like what do you yeah. do you think you're gonna be like Jade and Cody or here's where Brian? I, I, I expressed this before you jumped on the show. If I'm in WWE and I've been loyal, I didn't yeah, jump to AEW, I've been cool, and all of a sudden you're gonna start pushing these AEW people over me. How does that I mean how I, I tell you how that's gonna play because I saw that in the uh, you know in the old monday night wars and like this is great they're gonna they're they're gonna start getting dissension and people will go the other way this is right. going to be healthy for both companies this yeah. is a good thing yeah it is yeah <laughs> no matter what the internet says they're dumb they're idiots <laughs> they Fucking are morons <laughs> so uh sam you and jd had a bet will you guys let me in on this bet what was this bet about and uh and who won the bet well, you were on the show, but we'll recap. We'll I'm recap just trying to recap, you. JD. I'm trying. I'm introducing. I realized. I realized that <laughs> when I was getting ready for the show, we first started talking about this like a year ago. I think it was last October. Is it that we, long ago? I think I've, so. 
thought it was like it six was our, months. I didn't realize that long. It was ago. our hundredth, our hundredth episode of BFI, I believe. How do you yeah. remember that? I just remember because it was like right before I kept putting it off, and then the holidays came up, and then yeah, and it just kept kept getting pushed off. So yeah, I think it was like a year ago. So Sam's a big Grey's Anatomy fan. We were discussing this. I don't think Mike and I have ever watched an episode <laughs> between us. Not and a then, goddamn one. Yeah. No, but we mentioned uh, Patrick Dempsey. Yes. And then Mike and I be having, you know, brains perpetually stuck in 1994, <laughs> joked about Can't Buy Me Love. And Sam had never seen it. So we're like, oh, you have to watch Can't Buy Me Love. And it's become a bit of a bit yes. between the yeah. three of us now. <laughs> so Sam, I, I told Sam that if she finally watched this movie, I would listen to a country playlist. The terms were set on her show, by the way. I jumped on Power Bombshells. You did. And you uh, we that. set the terms for this. And I have to listen to an appropriate country music playlist she she went and uh cleaned it up so i could play it in class and make all my my kids suffer <laughs> actually some of them probably like it so those poor children that's yeah, messed up <laughs> we were trying to yeah i had some songs on there and i was like wait if he plays this for his class i was like this song is a little inappropriate and i was like this one is also not appropriate so i'm like having to take songs off and then there are other songs and i was like i definitely can't put that on there so and i made sure that there's at least one dixie chick song for mike gilbert <laughs> why so, which one was it was it wide open spaces was it earl had to die um, i wanted it, to uh, do the song i really wanted to do was one called sin wagon however uh, <laughs> because <laughs> he was going to play it in front of his students i figured that was not appropriate and i sam, think i <laughs> sam are you familiar are you familiar with white zombie yeah so I'm I'm in the middle of I have a playlist going. This is about a month ago in class. I have a '90s playlist going, and I'm I'm at a kid's desk at the back of the room, away from my computer, helping him with a Photoshop project. And the opening of "More Human Than Human" comes on, and I could not get to my desk fast enough to stop the giggles <laughs> from coming out of a bunch of freshmen. And uh, from that moment on, it's only been instrumentals. Smart move. <laughs> yeah. So yes, that's... it can't get worse than that. You know, on, you know, on Spotify, they do have clean playlists. Like you can just type yeah. in, you know, rock clean. Like I, cause I, when I'm lifting in the garage and my kid likes to run in. And so sometimes if I'm not using my headphones, if I just have my speaker, I just put rock clean and then it'll I, be. I let yeah. the algorithm do it for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's funny. So what, what's, uh, what country songs did you subject him to? Well, I had to because the conversation started when you were talking about Chris Stapleton. So I had to put Chris Stapleton. I mean, if it was my way, I probably would just put a whole bunch of Chris Stapleton songs. But I started out with Tennessee Whiskey because I think yeah. that's the song that most people know by Chris. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, that, of course, he, most popular. it is. And then he did the it's a cover. It was a song. It was, came out. I forget who sang the original in the like the 60s or 70s. And then he remade it. And then he did. The, it was either the Grammys or a country music award show and Justin Timberlake came and sang it with him and then they got like really popular I mean that song got over but yeah so Tennessee Whiskey I put on there um I tried to put I, tr I realized um 90s country is a lot of love songs <laughs> it's a lot of cheesy stuff so I tried <laughs> to mix in some upbeat stuff so there wasn't a bunch of slow, slow stuff I did put Hold some Johnny, so please, I did put Johnny Cash me. on there though Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Johnny. I mean, everybody likes Johnny Cash. Yeah. Did you put uh, "She Thinks My Tractor Sexy" because I, I, I want to subject him to that one? <laughs> no, okay. I did not. That's a I song. I probably yeah. should have. It is that, a song. She thinks my tractor's sexy. It really turns Shut her on. Shut up. Yes, that you is guys... a song. No. no. JD. 
I'm telling you, that's a real fucking yeah, it's song. Real? Yeah. yeah, it's by Kenny Chesney, and it was extremely popular. Really? Like, yeah, that's one of yeah. his biggest songs, like, still. Like, people, they will still play that on the radio. The song <laughs> yeah. is, yeah. I, I got my I got my cousin who uh who worked at a country radio station for years, Joe in the chat saying David Allen Co. I I don't know. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know if we could do that one. But so okay, so you got you subjected JD to a bunch of country songs. Yes, and now then also subjected- before we got to the movie, there's one more thing I subjected him to. We talked about how Travis Tritt had a trilogy of, of videos oh, yeah. that traumatized me when I was probably like 11 years old when those songs came out. They were mm-hmm. <laughs> very, the videos are very sad. And the and I was looking for them to send to JD. And the first one apparently is like not on YouTube is all live versions. The second one is, but somebody made a, tri- a trilogy and put all three videos in one 15 minute clip. So I just sent that to JD. It was like, okay. okay. <laughs> You can okay. do that, but God forbid you post any New Japan highlights. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could have just shared with it. I have a country classic rock playlist on Spotify. I could have just shared it. But, but, no, um, no, that's not fun. No, I think he's <laughs> tonight for self. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what did you think of Can't Buy Me Love? This is one of my all-time Let's favorite movies. Uh, yeah. Because we've already I'm... lost half the audience, but yeah. talking about goddamn country music. So. <laughs> I really liked it. I knew going into it that it was going to be very cheesy, very 80s, obvious tropes and uh, jokes that don't, you can't get away with telling today inappropriate inappropriate terms for certain groups of people. Uh, You can't use those terms anymore. And so, but it was still like, I mean, it was dated, but in the sense that like, it's still like it wasn't like too i mean it some of it was outdated but some i enjoyed it i thought it was a cute movie it was very obvious like obviously what was gonna happen and the plot point yeah. and stuff like that but it was it was fun i enjoyed it nikki watched it with me and she, I, nikki she I think she enjoyed it too yeah i mean i think we were both because there are things that are certain things that we just like laughed at and because we were talking about like the clothes and like the old mall stuff <laughs> and then like the and then like when they use one of the terms that you don't use anymore we were both like we both kind of cringed a little like oh that just because it sounds so out of place now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we didn't think about it when we were watching it as kids but then as you right. get older and you realize like oh well yeah you really can't say that word anymore that's that's uh that's kind of wild that and ha- I, I do love i do love showing um young people 80s movies because of just yeah. how inappropriate they are yes. and just like watch watch them melt a little bit and then yeah. squirm in their seat and then they come away was like you know what it's still really good even though yeah it's it's but it's you know, time and place is everything right Dude, right, we, exactly. We, and it just reminds me of like I, when I was growing up, my cousin and I used to watch Dirty Dancing all the time. And then it wasn't until we were older that we realized like what was happening in the movie because there's like a really big taboo topic. And we were just like completely went over our head as children. All we cared about was like we used to, dancing, my cousin yeah. and I used to da- dress like baby. Like we would wear the denim shorts and the white tennis shoes and stuff. And like I used to have a Johnny Castle poster on my wall. I had a dirty dancing poster on my wall. I had a dirty dancing t-shirt. <laughs> so yeah. And then I, we watched it like, and I still watch it all the time when it's on TV. But yeah, I remember when I watched it for the first time as older and I was like, how in the world did our, our parents let us watch this? Like we had no clue what was happening. You know I mean, what it, that movie was for me was uh was Porky's. Sam, I was just watch, gonna say Sam, that. Don't don't watch Porky's. No, no, don't I have watch. not watched no, it. No, I don't. Yeah, I know I what it is, but I've not watched it. it. Yeah, never <laughs> watch that. That's not for say, you. We were, talk, we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about pretty tame eighties movies. And I was gonna literally yeah. gonna say we didn't tell her to watch Porky's. No, yeah, like, it could have been worse. <laughs> it could have been way worse. Like, yeah, and like I love like like the John Hughes like eighties movies. Like of course those are like. 
it's, no, it's 16 funny. candles and all those 16, are great. Yeah. yeah, that's really offensive, actually. That is, it not is. Aged, that is not aged well. Oh, yeah, well, Long Duck Dong will fucking, Duck that'll Dong probably get us in trouble, huh? Okay, yeah. never mind. <laughs> but I mean, like, it's funny, in the early 80s, stuff was way harsher than the stuff by the end of the decade. Like, Porky's like 82, and I look yeah. at some of this, I'm like, these are supposed to be high school kids. Like, <laughs> there's some raunchy <laughs> shit going on in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's pretty bad. Like <laughs> I could I, I cannot imagine. So uh Sam, you 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 uh you you did your part. You finally watched Can't Buy Me Love. I will think of another movie to recommend for you. Okay. But Please since do. we got you here, okay. Since we got you here, um I and I did not Sam, I didn't even tell you this. Um, okay. this is what we're going to do now. Okay, are you ready? Okay. We are we are going to um have you a part of our bad tweets segment. Are you down? Yes, I am. We gotta get a okay. graphic for this so we can cut. We we the, need a graphic. We need an intro. We need a yeah. we need to do all that stuff. So let me get my share screen. So thank you everybody that has been using the hashtag bad tweets and have been uh, tagging me and JD in your bad tweets suggestions. I've been book- bookmarking these bad boys. So we are going to go up to our first bad tweet um, tagged to me or sent to me by Ryan Frederick of uh of the Wrestling Voices Observer of, Newsletter. Of, of, yeah, Wrestling Observer Newsletter and, of course, Fight Game Media. Um, this one comes from uh, Melton Dyer at Beach. I I'm not going to say, didn't you notice that Adam and Christian's segment was similar to the Bloodline segment when Jimmy hugged Roman in the same way? Everything what? AEW does is copy and paste from WWE with a few differences, but Adam's idea was copy and paste. I hate it here. <laughs> this is a man this is a man who has never seen the i have a friend who had never seen the godfather mm-hmm. and then he watched the godfather like as an adult and said you know it's kind of derivative and i'm like no actually everything is derived from it like this yes. movie set yeah. the tone for everything that you've seen since and everyone has ripped it off this is this is literally this tweet it's a fucking yeah. hug i, I yeah I can't do the segment See, people like dude like there's a tag team in AEW where their entire fucking gimmick is built around hugging each other, the best friends. Right. Like, uh, the the bloodline did not invent the goddamn hug. Everybody, come on. And they've been doing the hug since like 2015. On the yeah. in fact, Edge and Christian did the hug in the Royal Rumble just a couple of years ago together. That's, they that's sure did. It, that's what it played off of. Yes. Yes. Long term storytelling. <laughs> Yes, long-term storytelling. The segment's Uh, off to a great start. Let's keep this going. Bad bad tweets. This comes from uh, at Jobbernation TV. Oh, Oh, God, that account is blocked. I do not call it. (laughs) (laughs) Neither neither do I, but somebody said this to me. said, if I'm WWE, I would seriously consider removing Edge from the Hall of Fame ASAP. Hashtag AEW Russell Dream. That's John Cena face is perfect because that is literally the face I had when I when I read that going is this fucker this stupid yeah and the answer like, is are yes. they is this just an engagement tweet or do they like legitimately believe this I think <laughs> it's so, hard to tell it's 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 definitely an engagement tweet because he's a paid blue check and well, you can true. get money back you can get money mm-hmm. back now that you're a paid blue check in fact I strongly considered being a paid blue check again and then I realized they raised the price to eleven dollars so no I'm not going to be a paid blue check but. <laughs> Uh, I, I did consider it because I was like, ah, you know, maybe the, our links will get out there better. But uh, no, no, I, I'm not willing to do that. I want to, for the record, Jimmy Snuka murdered someone. Was convicted. Right. Was found guilty in the court of law. Still in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, look at how many terrible uh, people. I mean, Vince McMahon. I mean, 
He's not in the yeah. WWE Hall of Fame. No, he's he not. Is, no. He's he like, is he the will WWE be. Hall of Fame. Hey, guys, Sonny just got sentenced to 26 years in prison. Still Sonny. in the WWE Hall of Fame. Great example. She did. Yeah. All right. Oh, it, it messed up my scroll. Hold on just one second. Hold on just one second. Okay. Uh, this one, um, I this one's from Gifted Money. He sends it over. I said, uh, at... Uh, oh, God, this guy. Yeah. Drainmaker, seriously... Who in the past decade has bombed harder than Edge in terms of drawing power? This is embarrassing. So this is a tweet from 2021, right? And then fast forward, life comes at you fast. Yeah. Rated our superstar, Adam Copeland, baby. What a sensational debut. He fucking loves Adam Copeland. I thought that was, that's that's very much the the Mike Gilbert hates Richard Sherman because he plays for the Seahawks, <laughs> but loves him because he's on the 49ers. That's very yeah. much what that is. Yeah, somebody else did that. Some other account did that with Jade. Um, it was talking about how she needed to learn. Oh, I think it was that Gareth account because I have them blocked, oh, but somebody Lord. screenshot it. And I think he was talking <laughs> about how a few years ago it was like, Jade's terrible, can't wrestle, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, welcome to the team. What team? You're not part of the team. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, here comes another one from a perennial piece of shit. Zero news. Uh, no, looks like it. Edge is either staying with WWE or retiring. Cry about it. Yeah, AEW marks. Uh, he really fucking nailed that one, didn't he? Yeah. Zero idiot <laughs> yeah. zero that's why they're blocked well plenty of reasons but that's one of them <laughs> and here's one from the reason why this all got started the inspiration at, we were, we the were inspi- about calling we're, the, we're gonna call this the gearies yes the at, this is at <laughs> the raj geary so football it is but a lot of those matches could be pretty damn great but from a marquee standpoint it's one of the weaker cards they've ever had what the hell? Just say you don't watch AEW and go. This, <laughs> this this is Rush Geary is proof that one need not be smart to be a millionaire. Like this dude sold, yeah. I think Indian Dating Online or something like that was his website, sold it for millions. He's a wealthy guy, but boy, is he a dipshit. Yes, yeah. he is very much a dipshit. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, do you guys want to watch um, oh, uh, Tony Khan, Shawn Michaels, Sam, and Triple H have a conversation? Sam, have you seen this yet? So that's how I we're going to do this, Sean. That's my the kind of game we're going to play. My friend has found it and sends it to, has sent so some of gonna... them to the group text. And uh, yeah, they're interesting. <laughs> All right. So this is a conversation between Tony Khan, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. Uh, this is regarding, I believe, Title Tuesday. Here we go. We're going to do this, Sean. That's the kind of game we're going to play. I literally just got Edge. And you're out there calling the whole fucking Avengers on me? <laughs> business is business, my guy. I don't even know why you're having a dynamite on Tuesday. If you're trying to fight us, we're going to fight back. Now, I know this bum ass ain't talking. You shut the fuck up, Hunter, with your raw shows, putting us to sleep, <laughs> barely featuring any fucking women wrestling in the ring. That Remember was that Sam? one time <laughs> when Undertaker said that Shawn Michaels was better than you in the ring? Well, he can do this booking shit better than you ever will as well. Hey, 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 get off my mans like that. First of all, your women's champion can't even take a German suplex. Why are you talking? <laughs> that, that, that was pretty good. That was from uh, at Julian Weeks. He uh, posted that. So uh, so that was a good tweet segment. And here's our here's our last good tweet. Um, so the, there's a national alert. This comes from bodyslam.net. Yeah, uh, national alert. Uh, so everybody got the text on their phone. JD, you want to tell your story of when you got your text? Golly, your I, was, I was proctoring the PSAT test, and we got emails saying, do not have your phone on. There's going to be an alarm at 12, 1.20 p.m., so I turned my phone off, and then I heard some dipshits not with it off in the hallway. It went crazy, so I waited 10 minutes, and I turned my phone back on where I promptly got the notification, scared the shit of the kids taking the test. I quickly <laughs> turned my phone off, or so I thought. 
and I got another alarm two minutes later (laughs) and freaked all the kids out. So then one more time, I turned my phone off, set it aside, and then that guy who runs the PSAT sent an email 15 minutes later saying that the alarm has come and gone. Thank you, everybody, for keeping your phones off. I went, oh, we're good now. So I turned my phone back on, wear it promptly, threw another alert out. Oh, one more time, I scared the shit out of the kids. And one of my wrestlers yeah. in the class, he looked at me, goes, JD, man. And I I just had to go, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I was, I was on a plane in Seattle uh, getting ready to come back here to Hawaii. And we're all loaded on and we're waiting to start taxiing. And all of a sudden, everybody's fucking phones go off at the same time. And I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not fucking with this. I thought some shit was going down because I had no idea that this stuff was going to happen. I start unbuckling. And then I look at my, because I'm like, I'm getting the fuck off of this plane. And then I look at my phone. It's like, oh, this is just a test of the emergency broadcast system. I was like, why you got to make it so goddamn scary? Did you see that what was half? Well, I knew about it like a couple of days before because, um, well, there are a couple of reasons. I saw some tweets. They were telling people who are in uh domestic violence situations who have phones that to like turn them off because oh, if you're yeah. can still vibrate yeah. and yep. stuff like that so but then i saw it because apparently there is a conspiracy theory that the <laughs> uh, the warnings was going to trigger some kind of nanoparticles in people who are vaccinated <laughs> and essentially turn us into zombies uh you know what i think that might have happened because after i think you should read that did you read the tweets? Yeah, no, yeah. I saw like some scans of it, and then like uh, somebody from Huffington Post put like there were multiple. Apparently, there were like four conspiracy 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 theories and one about all of this. And I was like, well, I should be a super zombie because my phone, my work phone, and my sister's phone all went off at the same time. And I was like, I should be like a super zombie. My dog was not a fan of it at all. She was very. She was taking a nap, and she glared at me like I did it, but. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I walked into my first period class this morning and for a moment I looked at the kids and thought, maybe it worked because I saw a bunch of dead eyed teenagers at 730 in the morning. Just uh, needed time to incubate. (laughs) All right. So to end the segment, um, we have the national alert. This comes from Bodyslam.net. Their national alert says, you know, they say that all men are created equal, but you can look at me and you look at Samoa Joe and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50% chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal, so you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to your mix. Well, your chances of winning drastically go down. See, three-way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and a third chance of winning, but I I got a 66 and two-third chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me, and he's not even going to try. So Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance, and you got an eight and one-third chance of winning at sacrifice, but then you take my 75% chance if we was to go one-on-one and then add 66 and two-thirds chance I got a 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at Sacrifice. Senor Joe, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at Sacrifice. This is the greatest promo ever. You know what the most amazing part about that entire thing is? Scott Steiner was an academic All-American at the University of Michigan, legit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, as we as we know, he is the good brother, and we still like Scotty Steiner, so we, mm-hmm. we, we, still, we still accept him. Always but, <laughs> always has been hey sam uh thank yeah. you for joining us for bad tweets uh we we really enjoyed having you go ahead Thanks and throw another me. plug for the power bombshells uh on the fight game media network 
Yeah, so we are on the Fight Game Media YouTube channel live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, this week, we've got a special guest coming on. So I, I don't know if we have revealed who that is yet. So I won't say, but I will definitely say you should check it out. It is somebody, uh, I will say, in the wrestling media. And Scott so, Snyder. <laughs> I, <will, laughs> I should. <laughs> Scott Snyder. Somebody hook us up and get Scott Snyder on the show. <laughs> we'll be live this Sunday at 1 o'clock uh, talking about some some Title Tuesday uh, predictions. And uh, we're going to... I don't even... There's all, oh, uh, the uh, Wrestling Revolver. They've got their Women's Grand Prix show, uh, which has it's a big Women's State tournament that they're doing, uh, which looks really cool. So we're going to talk about that, too. And so come hang out with us every Sunday at 1 o'clock. And yes, I know NFL is on, but you can turn your TV on in the background because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Chicago. Football season's over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's they, over they here, won too. Tonight. Hey, it's still baseball won, they, season. They got their first win of the season tonight as, as we were on this podcast. They're mathematically <laughs> eliminated already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, guys, head over to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show where we're going to keep the conversation going. We're going to do some overtime after this is over, release it at some point this weekend. I'm also going to be coming back with a brace for impact. I'm going to be talking about Josh Alexander versus Will Ospreay coming up at the bound for glory fallout show. Plus the uh, AEW impact, a super show that's happening in Mexico is coming up. Some new names announced for turning point. Lots of stuff's happening uh, over in the, uh, the impact universe. So we'll catch us over there. Um, and uh, we, we'll be back. I think overtime is going to be on Monday. One day we'll release overtime on Monday where we're going to be talking about the rise and fall of MLW on the reels network. And, uh, I, I, uh, I have some inside details as to exactly why that went the way that it went. Um, and exactly what's going on. Some stuff that MLW doesn't even know because nobody told them. So I'm oh. going to, I'm going to be talking about that on overtime. And then plus we're going to talk a little bit of CM punk, uh, possibly heading over to WWE and when his start date could be. Um, so we, we, we got all of that. Hold on, Joseph. Did, did MLW ever rise? Uh, no, <laughs> the world of mlw never sleeps yeah it never sleeps it never stops um but hey guys i uh, thank you everybody for checking out our show oh also please head over to the uh to the mike and jd show youtube channel i really appreciate that all right and then until uh next week everybody oh hold on let me get my oh, outro until next week everybody mahalo uh 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 Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-man, no rain, from the track when we unite and spit, this is an A-game, better bring your A-game. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-man, no rain, from the track when we... Hello everyone, my name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. Episodes drop every other Monday where we discuss the biggest Joshi news, review shows, and preview the hottest upcoming Joshi action. So whether you're a new fan or an old fan, we've got something here for you at Jumping Bomb Audio. Check us out on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.